What's up, peeps? I am Mike. And I am Matt. And we are the Pink Old Peeps, a podcast about two twenty-somethings talking all things Nintendo. I don't have anything cute to say with my opening. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, you know, I'm recuperating emotionally, mentally. Uh, this morning I woke up. This isn't really news. I just thought it was funny. There is a mature-themed Cinderella illustrated novel story coming to the Switch. <laughs> it was like what and it's like one of those choice games it's like one of those illustrated novels that a visual some novel reason, yeah whatever they have a They're name like, that's all crazy popular on the switch just for whatever reason all right there's i and by crazy popular i mean there's just like a lot of them there's like a there's like a niche audience that is appealed to more yeah, than anybody else just, there's just like a lot of them on the switch and th- i just saw one this morning i was like what who was possessed to make this I guess they're like, well, you can't get Kingdom Hearts here, so Disney? Not yet. Well, it's not Disney. Well, I mean, yes, but like Cinderella. <laughs> it's, she's a red-haired... I know she's not the Cinderella from Disney Cinder's, because they don't want to get sued. mature-themed game. Interesting. Um, I was like, okay. Yeah, that is interesting. It's like, that's um, interesting. I'm doing well, thank you for asking. <laughs> How are you, Mike? I'm doing good. Um, You know... It's not as crazy at work right now, which is nice. Get to some time, play some games, and uh, you know, not too much is going on in the games front. But I think we have a couple things I want to talk about. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So Matt, what have you been playing? Kingdom Hearts three. Kingdom Hearts three. Yeah. And some Kingdom Hearts three. I, I I haven't done anything else. You've beaten the game, right? Yes, I beat the game on Tuesday. Cool. And so my f- one friend who is almost as big a Kingdom Hearts fan as I am beat the game a couple days before me. And I was like, all right, so what'd you think of the game? Before I beat the game. And he was like, he said to me, they ended it perfectly. Like, I don't know how they could have ended it any better than the way they did. And I was like, really? What? And I was like, no way. And he was like, they, they just like the way they handled everything was just perfect. And then I got there. I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, well, that's good. Like, before I finish. So the game is almost two games in one. Mm-hmm. right whereas okay so this is like light spoilers but not really spoilers so okay um so the game is split almost into two you know all the disney worlds come first and then there's like the kingdom hearts stuff and after. then it's like all right it's time for the final battle and the final battle is seven hours long and it's just boss fight after boss fight after boss fight after boss fight after boss fight and it's just so it's amazing well i feel like that's very kingdom hearts though right because kingdom hearts 2 i remember had like a bunch of phases to it yeah it's, it is it's just like that but on steroids okay like it's, okay. it's just like keep like something really big happened i was like whoa and i text my friend about it and he's like oh you're nowhere near the end like <laughs> oh <laughs> it, it just gets so good and oh, cool. like leading up to it i was like this game is like really good but I just have such good memories of Kingdom Hearts 2. I'm like, I'm not sure if it, like, it if makes it, it there. And then I finished the game, like, this is the best Kingdom Hearts game. Nice. This game is, like, a 9.5 minimum to be. Nice. I, like, I, like, I was riding on the hype so much the first time I played through the game. I think I have to play through, like, to play the game through another time to really look at it. With like, a, critically. Like, a non-biased lens. But even, like, even still, I'm like, this game is it's just um, an amazing game, you know? Well, that's like, good. I'm happy you really enjoyed it. Because, God, if you didn't enjoy it, that would have been depressing, <laughs> man. Really devastating. Yep. But no, it's, it's, oh, my God. The, like, the ending is, is so good. It's very fitting. Yes, it, it is very fitting. And in terms of, I know they had, like, those secret, secret endings. Have you seen those yet? Yes, I saw. So, the way you get the secret epilogue is... So the Mickey things, right? Hidden Mickeys in the game. You play on easy, you have to find all 90. On medium, you have to find 60 of them. And on hard, you have to find 30 of them. Okay. I, I played on hard, and it. I thought I had found a lot as I was going through the game, and then I beat the game, and it gave me my game stats. Lucky emblems found twelve. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> so I spent like three hours yesterday running around trying to find it. I was getting frustrated. I was like, where's it? Where is it? And I found them, and then I watched the secret ending. I was like, what? The the secret ending is very interesting, 
It doesn't have any spoilers for Kingdom Hearts 3. But it has spoilers for the future, right? Is there that thing you texted it's me about, kind of, today? Te- yes, it is exactly that. Okay. Um, and I was like, oh, that's interesting, because the location it takes place in is a real-world location. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what? What's I, going on? Yeah, I was like, what's going on? Well, I'll find out in a decade. Yeah. Well, <laughs> isn't there's also DLC coming for this? There game is too, also right? DLC. Is I mean, I doubt the secret movie is hinting towards the DLC. Yeah, but, but honestly, I this is one of those games where I finish it and I was like, "When's the DLC coming out? I want the DLC." Yeah, that's um, always good. Yeah, exactly. I just the way the game ends. I don't think you could have DLC like post game DLC. Mm-hmm. I think it's got to be some kind of DLC that you can embed in the game. Like you know how um. Final Fantasy 15 has like the like the side like mission the, DLC um, prompto episode yeah the so like they have the gladio episode they have episodes for all these characters and you get to play those and then you can play those characters in other places in the game mm-hmm. I think they'll do something more like that you know okay so like um Riku and Mickey go off and do their own thing through the majority of the game so I think it'd be really cool if you had the Riku and Mickey episode where you just played through as Riku doing that story. doing that stuff mm-hmm. um i will say this didn't didn't namura say that this is supposed to be like the end of like this it is the, chapter okay. of kingdom so, hearts or something like that think of it as an anime okay and this is the end of the first arc oh okay and then the second arc is about to start oh boy and they how long until kingdom hearts format just just i mean it depends on how they do it it does because like <laughs> I mean, think about it this way. The the gap between Kingdom Hearts 1 and Kingdom Hearts 2 is only like four years. Yeah. And we got one game in between there. Yeah, what about Kingdom Hearts 2 and 3? Yeah, we're not talking about that. Okay, there so are a lot we're of not games. talking about There it. are a lot of games in between 2 and 3. Yeah. But, um, so I... From what it sounds like you said, without say, boiling anything, it does seem like they would be able to pump something out a little bit quicker if they right. wanted it's to. it's because I also think, because, so the way this game ends... It perfectly ends this saga. Like the storyline, all the right. plot holes are tied up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it, but there, well, not all the plot holes are tied up. Okay. Because I didn't realize it, but for a while now, they've actually been setting up the next arc. Really? There are little bits and pieces, like going back like three games that are like little things that are like, now it's important. Okay. And it's very, it's very interesting the way they did it. And it's like exciting because obviously when kingdom hearts one came out namora wasn't like it was supposed to be a one-time thing yeah yeah exactly like they didn't have (laughs) they were not like xehanort that is correct (laughs) (laughs) but now they're like it's very likely that we already know the main villain of the next arc wow so we like we have so much stuff and like namora must have it all planned out or not maybe not all of it but at least have a roadmap and be more prepared this time than he was last time i'm sure which makes me like really excited for what comes next yeah well hopefully it's also like kind of it's kind of starts fresh because i feel like that would be good to get people right. in I because mean, you know the one of the biggest barriers because kingdom hearts 3 people have been saying is like well i'm not super invested and there's like 80 people on youtube who have made a kingdom hearts 3 <laughs> lore that you need to know before you play the game thing well here's the thing that i've seen a lot of other people say and after beating the game i do agree with is that the, so the very, very beginning of Kingdom Hearts 3 takes place directly after Dream Drop Distance. So there are a lot of references early on in the game about what happened in Dream Drop Distance or what happened in other games. And people are like, what? But after that, it's really just... Yen Sid goes to Sora, this is your goal right now. We need to do this because we need to fight these people later. Okay. And then it's like, okay, so you, you really... The basic plot... Is pretty simple. Sora is trying to, trying to obtain this power so he can help fight the thirteen the guardians of darkness. Yeah, seekers of darkness, and the like, real organization. That, yeah, there, exactly. Yeah. That's like that's the plot of the game. Yeah, you know, like it's really not that hard to understand. There's just a bunch of characters that you wouldn't know who they are unless you played the old game. Yeah, but I even still, like, I in, think about almost like like almost like a comic book where you know you could still play Kingdom Hearts three and enjoy it for what it is, but. You won't be able to appreciate it exactly, the way exactly. Other people want. Which is why I think about it. I'm like, like Kingdom Hearts three is a near ten out of ten for me. If it's not a ten out of ten for me, okay. But that's also because I fully understand and appreciate everything that's come before. So everything comes full circle for me in this game. Yeah. But 
if you don't know Kingdom Hearts very well, that's not going to happen. Yeah. You will just play a game that has very fun combat mm-hmm. and Disney characters and cute pretty cool story. action, cute story. Except for the parts in the end where you may not understand what's going on all the way, yeah. but that's okay. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm happy that you liked it. Yeah, it's um, it great. It does make me very happy. Incredible game. Yeah. What are you going to play next now? Let me ask you that. More Kingdom Hearts 3. I like, like, it's gotten to the point where I feel sad if I play something that's not Kingdom Hearts 3. Because then you're acknowledging because five minutes I, over? Yes. I, like, I, like, I've waited so long, I just don't want it to be over. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, I, I, just, I know I don't want to. I'm, I think I'm platinum the game. Um, but I need to get back to Travis Strikes again. Because I, I was almost finished with the game, and then Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. Yeah, you dropped everything, and as I, you said. I dropped everything, and, um, gotta finish Resident Evil. Yeah. Um... Also, I know this week you got your first taste of playing as the Piranha Plant with us. Yes, um, I did. Just quick. You know, I played a couple 30, times with you. And Forty-five second summary of the next day. I played a bunch. Uh, I love him. He's really good, he's right? Really good. He's, he's a lot super of fun. fun. Yeah. I I don't know. He's very techy. I think is a good way to say. Yeah. He's but very... he's also like he has a pretty high floor. I feel like. Oh yeah. You can run him and do well no matter what. You yeah, he's one of those characters where like you can just run around and just piranha plant and have fun. Yeah. But if you if you know how to play a piranha plant, he's scary. Yeah. But uh yeah, so Mike, what have you been playing? Well, I've been playing um well two or three games have been occupying my time. So I wanna talk first about kind of continuing the conversation from last week about Rayman Legends. So I've been really enjoying it. I'm almost done with it. I just want to talk about how much content this game really does have. In the, in the stages, like I said last week, there are two different kinds of stages. There's the ones that have like an auto-scroll where there's like three little blue guys and they're called teensies. I figured out that's what they're called because last week I couldn't remember what those little blue guys are called. They're called teensies. So there's like the auto-scroll levels that have three teensies in them. And then there are the more traditional levels which you can move at your own pace. And there's ten of them hidden through the level and two that are hidden in secret rooms. Near the end of the game, I feel like I was kind of getting bored of the the 12 of them levels because they're just, they're slower levels. They let you do interesting things and they show you cool ways to use the mechanics. But the levels where you're doing three, like the auto-scroll levels, are a lot more fun. And those music levels I was raving about last week, they're all three TNC levels. But it's really smart because what the game does is near the end, as you complete worlds, they introduce a new mechanic called Invasion. So when a level is invaded, it's a separate level, and it is a 60-second obstacle course through the, a part of that level where they've changed a couple things. And basically, when you've beaten, like, World 2, it's like the World 2 monsters are showing up in other levels outside of World 2, and that's kind of changing the level. So, like, the World 4, I think, is the water world. So when they invade an area, it's usually the level's flooded, and it's like a swimming challenge. But it's 60 seconds to beat it, and... You get three teensies if you do it under 40, two if you get under 50, and one if you complete it before the time limit's out. And these levels are incredibly fun because it's everything. It's like the combination of the mechanics from that level with the mechanics of the invading world combined in 60 seconds. And they're pretty hard, but they are super satisfying to get through. And the later in the game you get, the more of them show up. It's not just like hey, here's like six of them. It's like, here's one. And then you beat like two more levels. Here's like two or three more. And near the end in the last world, you're getting just a bunch of them all at once. And when you beat the game before its final world, you get uh, one for each world where it's a Shadow Rayman who you have to... Basically, the challenges aren't as like run to the end. It's usually like do something, but Shadow Rayman's always like half a step behind you, cloning whatever you did like three seconds oh, okay. beforehand. Mm-hmm. So I like that. That's actually from the original Rayman as well. So I, it got me like, ooh, look at that, Shadow Rayman. Mm-hmm. But the game just, again, it did this thing where it was constantly rewarding you for playing the game and doing cool things. Whether it's giving you new levels or these op- alternate levels for you know these invasions or just new characters who are all the same, but it's cute. But the last thing I wanted to bring up before I kind of close the book on this game is the final world isn't part of, like, the plot line. Like, you know, I mean, there's a very small plot line, but the last world doesn't have any bosses in it or anything like that. And you have to get 400 teensies to uh, to access it. And 400 is half of the 836 of these little... I don't want to curse because we cursed so much (laughs) last week. Uh, 800 of these little guys all over the world. So if you get half of them, you will get access to this final world. And I say to anybody who's playing this game, 
you should really get the 400. Because the levels here, there's one, the first level is a music level, and it's not, not like any of the other, I think, six that are in the game. And then the rest of the world is rehashes of every version of a music level at the end of the world, including the one from this world, but with some kind of visual tick to it that makes it a lot more difficult, but it's still the exact same level. And I like this because it brings out more of that, well, if you're on the beat, you do better at these levels. You enjoy them more if you can, like, you know, keep the beat because you jump at the time when the bass drops and then when the then the drum hits, that's when you're supposed to punch. And the way they change up these levels, if you can keep the beat and understand how the level's supposed to interact with that and make it almost like that, like, rhythm mini game that we talked about last week, the levels aren't really that hard, but they're really interesting to watch. I mean, you saw, we just, I was actually just playing one before we started, where one of them it's like a fisheye lens and the further in the level you get the more it kind of turns mm -hmm. and turns so it's like harder to kind of understand where you actually are and yep. the size of everything to itself but if you just keep the beat you'll be fine or one where the, there's static on the screen and it starts to like get in way of seeing things so you have to like know you have to look at the level and just kind of jump on the beat because there's no way for you to see and i also tried this the other day if you pause it just full statics you just, you won't be able to see anything. Oh, wow. Uh, and the last kind of major one they do is pixels. That the further the level you get, the bigger the pixels become. <laughs> so you have to try to, like, follow either the little, like, coins that are in your way to try to figure out where you are and how we have to jump and stuff like that. But it's good because it's not just, like, this rote memorization thing. It's really, it really brings out that rhythm part of it, which is why I find these levels so fantastic. And to play them like this, it's really challenging like i won't say they're easy levels but these are the levels you want to play more than once and like to play through them multiple times and these ones don't have checkpoints either so you get to play through these levels more than once to try to just beat them and it's just a fun experience because once you beat it you're just like yes and whatever crazy stupid thing they've been doing to make it really hard to see the map goes away immediately and you're just like oh my gosh i forgot this game is beautiful. Um, it's not a pixelated mess or a staticky mess or this weird globy looking pain in my ass. It's it's really fun. And there's so much more to this game I could keep playing. Like, I have almost every Rayman Origins level unlocked, but I've only played maybe a third of them. And there's a whole subsection of levels with the guy who's basically the Wii U gamepad. The Wii U gamepad levels come back, but you get to use them on touchscreen. So if you're your Switch, you can do them like that. I didn't play any of those. I'm probably going to finish up the last music level I have and put the game down. But for a game that's usually on sale at GameStop for $20 new, this is a game that if you... If it even sounds a little interesting, I would really consider it. It doesn't shine on a shelf, but it really should. I think this game is fantastic. Uh, it definitely beat out New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe for me. I'll give it that much. Mm -hmm. Just in terms of content and feeling awesome game so fluid i love this game yeah i played it I, man i we've talked about it before i've played this game so long ago and i remember breezing through it once i, I did every level like once and then i was done i was like all right that's it i yeah. did it i know like i never even knew half this stuff that you're talking about was even in the game yeah mm -hmm. well oh gosh man i know so now a part of me is like maybe i should go back and play the game again yeah well not anytime soon you have to have yeah, game exactly. to be. I, I i gotta yeah but it's definitely worth your time and it's also so easy to pick up and play that if i just said you know four months from now i'm gonna go beat the rest of the rayman origins level i would be prompted to do so it wouldn't be like one of these games where like oh well i don't even remember really how to play and i'm gonna have to start from an earlier level no you could you could jump right back into this game and it's great so i finished i'm finishing that the other two games i'm playing Downwell, which we talked about last week been playing a little bit of that still very fun still very easy to pick up and play still only three dollars go buy it but I've also been playing a lot of Wargroove. You is, have? I have. I thought you were so, like, angry about that game. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't played as much as I'd like to. Okay. I've played... So, my, my issue with games like this, it's a tactics-based RPG, and I find myself very commonly burning myself out on games like this because I love them so much. And usually, I would say, like, if you think of, like, a Fire Emblem game, a Fire Emblem game usually has somewhere between, like, 20 to 30 chapters in it, which is 20 to 30 levels and i know this game only has i think 20 something main missions yeah but some and, of them take four yeah and then like 12 side missions one for each character but i don't want to just burn through it so mm -hmm. i'm like kind of taking my time to play through the campaign i'm on the fifth level and i've already done one of the side missions 
But for those who don't know anything about it, Wargroove is a tactics-based RPG, kind of like Final Fantasy Tactics or Fire Emblem. Advanced Wars. Or the big one is Advanced Wars. I just It's been a long time since Advanced Wars came out, so if you don't know what that is, yeah, it's like a war game. It's a high fantasy theme, and the goal of the game is to, you know, build units, take over villages, and complete your goal. So for most levels, the goal is you're always playing as an enemy army. And the goal is there's usually either a bastion or a barracks, which are main bases which allow the enemy units to either, I mean, the enemy units to spawn from, or they're just a really heavily guarded fort. Or you can kill the commander. Now, the commander on both sides is a super powerful unit, like leagues and leagues stronger than any other unit you could possibly have. But they are your, you know, they're like your king. You know, if they die, it's over. You're just, you're done. So you can't like have them running guns blazing. But the way the units work in this game, and I really like this because it makes me think differently than it would a Fire Emblem game. It's, you you know, you walk on the grid, you move the number of spaces and you attack. And you attack the opponent, and the opponent attacks back. But the one thing I really like is the amount of damage you do is proportional to the amount of health you have. So if you have a full health, never-been-hurt enemy, they will do a lot more damage to you than a guy who only has two health left. Mm -hmm. Which means the game rewards being aggressive, because if you attack first, they'll obviously attack back weaker, because you attack first, and then they're at half health. So they're not going to do as much damage back to you. But also, it makes you have to not just try to rush the opponent because if you rush the opponent by the time you get to their commander or the buildings or anything that matters they're going to be at such low health that they'll probably not be able to do any damage and just die so that's kind of the big major combat thing but the other thing i really like is there's villages which you can take over so when i go up to a village if there's nobody in it the i just click you know capture village and the village gets health proportional to half whatever the unit's health is. So if I go in with a full unit, he has half HP, the the village, and it's like a controlled village. My opponent can now attack it, and if there's nobody there, they can take control of it. But every turn, you get 100 gold per village you have, and you buy new units throughout the game. So it's not like a Fire Emblem game where you're like, well, here are your six guys. They're the guys you're using for the rest of the battle. If they die, you're kind of whatever, you know? So you're buying more units. You can kind of plan your strategy based on you know what units you can afford and then also which units are still alive interesting so in one of the challenges i i rushed their base in the beginning to get a couple extra villages and then i just had an army of pikemen just lined up and i said to myself well i could run and try to get their commander but i'm not going to do that so i just waited and i made a bunch of rangers and stuck them all behind the the (laughs) lance guys so once the enemy came up all of my archers were like, okay, I'm going to shoot you and do all this damage. Nice. And that brings me to another point I want to make. The units, there's like, you know, this unit's good against that unit sort of thing. Like, you know. Right, of course. There, But there's like, God, there's so many different types of units. I've only seen like six or seven, but I think there's like 15 different units in there. Oh, cool. Yeah, there's a lot. And like, you'll look at a map and it's like, well, the pikeman is good against these six, bad against these four and these other ones he doesn't care about. So it's like a Pokemon type chart. It almost, yeah, it's almost like a Pokemon chart. But every unit has a specific way of getting a critical, which is just basically extra damage. So, for example, the swordsman, the basic unit in the game, if they are standing next to your general, they get a critical. They'll get bonus damage. And it's very clear when you're, like, looking at the amount of damage you'll do, like, their their little arrow towards your opponent will be glowing. Or the, uh, the pikemen do critical if they're standing next to another pikeman. Or the battle dogs do extra damage if their enemy is adjacent to another one of your battle dogs or the horseman does bonus damage if he moved six spaces this turn and attacked somebody it's like you know he runs in and does that so it's it's cool because you live and die by your criticals like if you don't use the critical system you will lose there is no doubt because i didn't use it in the first mission i kept dying and i was like what am i doing wrong nice it's because i wasn't putting my pikemen together and I wasn't putting my archers, you know, if you don't move an archer, they do bonus damage, which is why I did this whole line. Because oh. once everyone got that, I was like, okay, bonus damage, bonus damage, bonus damage. <laughs> so that's kind of like the basics of the game. There's not really that much else going on except for that each character, like each general has a special move that they can do called a groove attack, which will matter more if I'm Groovy. playing. Yeah. Well, it's war groove. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it'll matter more if I'm playing like online against people or if I'm making my own levels 
or playing the arcade mode, which is just like a couple missions with the same character. I've only played with three of the characters so far, and I've seen two other ones and their special powers. So like they they range from, hey, this area around me, they all get healed. Or one of them, the dog, Caesar, the best character in the game, he's just a dog with, with a helmet on. Love it. And when he attacks, he just like barks and there's two there's two crossbowmen who guard him and they're so captivated by him being so cute that they fight for him so he'll bark and smile and then he'll like run after his own tail or roll over while your little guardsmen shoot everybody and do all this damage oh my god it's the cutest thing but his attack is like a dancer in fire emblem where it gives everybody an extra turn or there's a guy who his charges up really really slow uh but on, on his turn, he can always use it to do 35% damage to an opponent. They, no no attack happens. It's just, you take 35% damage. And if you die, he can do it again. So he's like this guy, you know, he kind of like well, lurks in the shadows and then comes up and kill you and I'll kill you and I'll kill you and I'll kill you. And it seems like each of these guys feels very different. Despite, you know, kind of fitting the same niche of this is your like, you know, your, your leader character. And the campaign's fine so far. It's, you know, very simple. You're switching between the main um, the main characters from this point so far, but I know by the end of it, I'll at least have played all 12 units, I think. So you get access to all of them through arcade mode by playing this. Cool. The game seems like it's huge. And there's already a subreddit devoted to custom maps and campaigns people of have been making. There is. And apparently they're really, really good. You know, a bunch of a bunch of companies i think nintendo life has a competition going on right now you make a custom campaign map and whoever has the best one gets a free switch and a copy of Wargroove and a bunch of free goodies and it's just it seems really cute to have this kind of creative tool i've heard it's not super intuitive at first but once you kind of do it once it's pretty straightforward Yeah, no i i hear it's really good yeah so it's like i'm really excited to try to make my own levels even if no one's going to play them, I just, it's cool to mess around with a level editor, you know? Right. Make, make a cool map and have the different, you know, the different biomes and the different, you know, land types because those affect your defenses or like the mountains where if a dog stands on the mountains, they can see further because the <laughs> dogs are good at like their scout units. But if they're standing on a mountain, they can see further because they're on a mountain. Cool. You know, little things like that. It's just, it's not anything revolutionary for tactics-based RPGs, but I'm just... It's so cute, and I'm really enjoying it. And they're also already rolling out updates, so they already got a quick fix update, and they're doing some like quality of life issues coming in hopefully very soon. They already announced that they're going to do some DLC, most of it free. So like they're excited to you know keep supporting this game, which you know we've been waiting for since 2017. So it's it was worth the wait, I would say. I think that this game has a lot of staying power. I want to get more time with it. I want to beat Rayman first. But it's it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. And although I will say this, you are right. Some of those missions are pretty long. Like the second or third mission, I felt like was not difficult, but it did take a fair amount of time. This mm-hmm. game is, it's really like, I really would compare it to like a game of chess, where it's not just like, okay, I'm going to run it with my really powerful dudes and that's it, done, you're up. You know, that's it. It's not like that. You just, it's not built that way. Right. So it's really cool being able to like have those back and forth. And it kind of gives you like a story to tell. Where, like, in one of them I got ambushed from the south, and then it was me and the enemy fighting over this one village to the east by the river. Because I knew his his commander was in the bushes, and I couldn't see him. And he kept shooting stuff at me, or running in, attacking me, taking the village, and running away. But I didn't want to go around the long way, because I knew all his units were over there. So it was just, like, this scrimmage that kept happening over this one village. And then once his units, like, once there was not a lot of units, I was like, okay, I'm going to send in, like, six cavalry guys up to his base, and I'm going to kill him that <laughs> way. So it's, it's, it's fun. It's really good. I think it's worth your time. And for 20 bucks, it, this sounds interesting. It's not, you know, it's not like a $60 purchase. And it's, right. it gives you a lot, of, a lot of stuff. Y'all, I'll grab it as soon as I beat Travis. Yeah, it's, it's worth it. I th- and I think you'll enjoy it, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you liked Fire Emblem, so. Yeah, I, I did really like the War Fire Emblem game I played. Yeah, it's different. It's a good way to wait for Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem. But in the meantime, I will say this, and I said this before, it it's different enough from Fire Emblem because the way you have to play is different, which is really exciting for me because the first mission I got creamed because I was playing it like a Fire Emblem game. It's like, all right, put my heavy dudes in the front, archers in the back, I'm going to move in slowly but surely, and then I got to their base and all my guys died. And I was like, what, am I, what did I do wrong? <laughs> and then I figured it out. Well... 
Yep, figured that out real quick. Nice. So that's Wargroove. Cool. Worth cool. a job. So um, now is the time normally when we would move on to indies. Wargroove has DLC coming. Yeah, I saw that. You know what? I, I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think I have any other indie news. I don't have any indie news. Okay. I only got one piece of regular news. Why also, don't you start with the regular news? Um, which is the Pokemon, the new Pokemon TCG app. Oh, the yeah. The phone is coming out. It's uh, in Brazil, I think it's testing. No, uh, Switzerland? No, it's some European country. Is it? Oh, okay. I thought it started with Sweden. 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 It's in Sweden. Sweden. I think it's Sweden. Oh, well. Anyway, this <laughs> app is currently in testing in one country. It's going to, A, be a database from everything starting with base, sun, and moon up for the TCG. And you're going to be able to scan your own cards in to have a collection right on your phone. Yeah. And I think it's a really cool resource. It's a really interesting idea for, like, the official Pokemon company to come out with an app right. like this. And I, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. If Even if you don't play the Pokemon TCG, you have to respect that this is a very cool system. Because, you know... We also play Magic the Gathering, the biggest card game in the world, and it doesn't have something like this. No, it doesn't, and it should. It should, but it doesn't. And for Pokemon, I think the biggest thing is that the Pokemon company understands that there are a lot of people in this world who buy Pokemon packs to look at the cards and collect all the cards in the set and do nothing else with them. And there's nothing wrong with those people, but they know that, and having something like this makes it really cool to you know be able to like go to an event or you know hang out with your friends and be like oh does anybody have this tauros that i need right. and you can you know you can mark it off in your collection it's really cute and matt knows this but i've been working on a uh this is gonna sound real nerdy i can't believe i'm gonna sound even nerdy than we already do on our nintendo podcast but i'm making a pokemon tcg cube oh, if you don't yeah. if anyone knows what that is and having an app like this would have made the whole process a lot faster yeah i thought it was so funny when you asked me for all the little the, player guides. He asked me for the player guides for um, like six come of the in, set. Like, the elite trainer boxes because they have pictures of all the cards, so you can just see them. And like the day after the yeah, you you messaged me. You're like, well, I don't have the things, but here you go. And I was like, what the hell is he talking? Oh my god! I do have a couple of them, but you planned it all out already. Yeah, so I, I guess you don't need them. Not as you spend lots of money. Yes. Uh, the yeah, other that's thing. That's all my news. Yeah. Really. Well, one thing, just another thing, actually, speaking of Pokemon, if you're a Pokemon Go player and you haven't gotten your Melmetal, oh, yeah. it's worth it to look into it because Meltans can be shiny now. For, for a limited time, I believe. Yeah, until the end of February. I think it's like the 3rd of March or something like that. They go away. So if you need to get a Meltan, as you know, you trade it into a copy of Let's Go, you get the little mystery box. Usually the mystery boxes only are able to be reopened after a week, but right now they're recharging in three days. Oh, really? Yeah. So every three days, you can insert a Pokemon from Pokemon Go to Let's Go Eevee or Pikachu and get your Meltan box refreshed. Oh, fine. Yeah. I am I had a Meltan box. I didn't get any shiny Meltans, but I'm going to do it again. I guess Friday would be when mine respawns, and I'm going to go through it again. I could do that in between yelling at Palkia because Palkia won't stay in the damn ball. Did you call any Palkias? No. Oh. I've done like four or five raids at this point. Really? I, yeah. Wow. He, he's rough. But I also kind of suck at throwing Pokeballs, though. So that's neither here nor there. <laughs> uh, yeah, so look at that if you're looking for shiny Mel Metals. They're cute. They're bronze. I like that. That's cool. Uh, what else? Kirby's Epic Yarn is coming out. Is coming out and has a demo on the... In Europe. In the Europe 3DS eShop. I, I just find it interesting. They're like, hey, here's a demo for a port... Of a seven or eight year old game, I get it. No, I, mean, I get it. But I was like, really? Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. Why not? Yeah, exactly. Why not? It's just I, I wanted to bring that to your attention. I mean, I'm because... probably gonna pick that game up. But... Really? You think? Yeah, so? I'll pick it up. Oh, okay. I probably won't be. I just I I've played it relative. I said I've played this relatively recently in the grand scheme of things. And while I'm sure the content that they're adding is gonna be fun. It won't be the reason to go back to Kirby's Extra well, Epic Yarn. Well, I, I just think that's a really good game. It is it's a very good really game, good but I have game. it on the way. Right. Yeah. It's a very cute game. I think if you haven't played it, it's worth looking at. But it's not... Maybe not necessarily re-pickupable, at least from what we know so far. Right. Just like Bowser's Inside Story. Yeah. You know what Rob said to me today? What? We get to dinner, <laughs> and Rob is like... Let's try this again. We get to dinner. No, you dinner. just don't want to turn around because if you turn around, we can't hear Gotcha. We get to dinner, and Rob is like, you guys decide what you're going to discuss on the podcast yet? And I was like, no. And he goes, Bowser's Inside Story has come to Switch. You want to talk about that? No, it's not. Like, Buddy? <laughs> <laughs> 
You want to look at that again? If it was coming to Switch, I would have definitely picked it up. Really? Yeah. Why? Because this is considered one of the better ones. But what what, what difference does that make? What I've never played it. Song? Oh, I so honestly, I probably will be picking it up on DS. I'm just saying if it was on the Switch, I'd probably have picked it up digitally and been like, okay, let's play this. Let's go. I really wish that they would do a trilogy pack on the Switch for the three games, but uh, these games won't work without the DS. Well, at least I don't think uh, Partners in Time will really work well without the two screens. Right. I don't yeah, know a lot yeah, about especially the Partners in Time. Yeah. Partners in Time is my favorite one out of all of them. Me too. I, I haven't, I've only played two of them. I've only played Partners in Time and Inside Story. Oh, I haven't see, played the other one. I've only played Superstar Saga and uh, Partners in Time. Oh. Which is part of the reason I was thinking about getting Inside Story because I've heard it's one of the better ones. But... I don't know. I have so many other games to play. I don't know if I'll ever have time to pick it up. Right. Right? Uh, so that's kind of... I mean, it is exciting. It is coming out, right? <laughs> I mean, uh, the other thing I wanted to bring up, did you see how uh, Microsoft was talking about expanding their lineup for Xbox Live accounts to mobile and Switch? Yeah, I did see that. I liked the concept of that because... I don't know about you, but I kind of like the idea of a future where Nintendo doesn't run its own online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like... I mean, yeah. as much as I don't really care about Xbox Live, I'd rather pay $40 or $50 to Microsoft and have really solid, non-breaking internet servers for all the games <laughs> than Nintendo. Not like Nintendo does a bad job, but there are certain games you're like, come on. Like, I don't play Smash Online, but apparently Smash Online is not... It's getting better, it I is. hear. I just don't understand how it's not doing well when a game like Splatoon that has eight players in it at all times is it's, just like... It's perfect. Like, yeah. Splatoon's buttery smooth. You would never notice. <laughs> it's almost like it's the main way to play the game. I know. Crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. I just don't understand it. Mm. Well, speaking of Nintendo Switch Online, also did you see that, I guess, February 13th, we're getting two new games for the NES Classics collection. Still don't care. Uh, again... These ones actually will probably go back because the original Kirby. Oh, I forgot. I have it on 3DS. Okay, well then, yeah. That one I don't think I'm going to be playing because I have it on the NES Classic. But Super Mario Bros. 2 is coming to uh, is coming to the NES. That's this cool. is another one that, like Super Mario Bros. 3, that with save states, it wouldn't be a bad idea to just play through this game. I think it would be fun and enjoyable and maybe like an afternoon or maybe a weekend where I just play through Mario Bros. 2 and I enjoy the game because those ones still hold up pretty solid. So, I don't know if it really matters. It is very drip-feedy, especially when we know Super Nintendo games are coming, and I haven't played Link to the Past, so, like, let's get on it. Yeah, that's a good one. one. You know what I also haven't played? What? Super Metroid. I've never played Super Metroid. Uh, Really? eh. I've heard it's really good. I've played a lot of the original Metroid games. I'm not really a big fan of any of them, honestly. Really? What about Zero Mission? They're good. Did you play Zero Mission? I haven't played Zero Mission. That's, you should play that one. Because Zero Mission, it was my first Metroid game, and I have probably beaten Metroid Zero Mission more times than I've beaten any other game, like, really? ever. I've probably beaten the game at least, I've like, double-digit times, easily. I've played Metroid, I've played Super Metroid, and I've played Metroid Fusion. Metroid Fusion is really good. I've heard Metroid Fusion is good. I've heard it's very different. It's yes. more like it's more like what they did with Samus Returns on the 3DS. Yeah. It's like I, was, I was about to say, if they make another remake, I would want that one. Yeah. Did you hear, actually, I was reading something that apparently the guys who made Metroid Samus Returns came to Nintendo with wanting to remake Metroid Fusion. And I think really? that kind of showed, they were like, we want to remake Metroid Fusion. They're like, no, 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 no. You want to make remake Metroid 2. Because, I mean, Fusion actually also stands on its own a little bit. Yeah. I mean... That game does definitely still hold up. It does. It has that same Zero Mission style graphics that work. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really good. God, I want to play Zero Mission now. <laughs> Dang it, Matt! I mean, I, I was thinking about this the other day, where I was like, before Kingdom Hearts 3 came out, if you asked me if Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2's graphics still hold up, I would be like, yeah, that's one of those like timeless art styles. Like, how except for Sora's mouth. Except for, except for the faces. They're all just painted on for a lot of them. <laughs> but, you know... Um, like Wind Waker, people say is like a timeless art style. It is. I would say the same thing for every other Kingdom Hearts game. And the Kingdom Hearts three came out, I was like, Ooh, we make every game like this. Yeah, I can understand <laughs> that. Although I will say, Wind Waker is still timeless. Wind Waker is a timeless art style. I don't know what it is. It's just it's just, <clears throat> just the way it's tuny. It's, it is beautiful. It is so it nice. Will, it, it, like that game will never not be beautiful. No, it really won't. It's like it just has that nice cartoon mm-hmm. style to it. Now I want to play Wind Waker. Can we have Wind Waker ported this year? I know it got ported last year or two years ago on Wii U, right? I want that yeah. game. Did I, tell I you? wouldn't be surprised. 
I, I wouldn't either. I mean, not this year. I definitely don't think it's going to come this year. Give me, year. like, the Metroid 3D. I mean, not the Metroid. The, the Legend of Zelda 3D collection. Just, like, here's Wind Waker, Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time. Go. They are $80. not going to do it go. like that. I know. They'll do 60 60, they'll 60. Do the, No, they're going to do... If they do a collection like that, it'll be Wind Waker, Temple of Time. Temple of Time? What the Wind hell is Waker, that? Wind Waker, I meant to say Twilight Princess, and Skyward Sword in one. It won't be... Because uh, I would ra- ever, I'd rather that. Hold on. Let's back up. I would definitely rather right? that. If they ever re-release Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, it's going to be a remake. Yeah. At this point, I'm going to be honest with you. I know we're like totally going off topic, but like, look at all the news we have. Right. <laughs> um, I really want to replay Twilight Princess. And I feel like, unlike the Switch version of Breath of the Wild and the Wii U version of Breath of the Wild, there is really no reason to play the Wii U version of Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, where up until the Wii U remake of Twilight Princess, the GameCube version of this game is really expensive because you don't have to use motion controls for it. And I think I've complained to this to you before. It's not that I don't like motion controls, but unlike a game like Skyward Sword where they are pivotal to the, the gameplay and how you play through the game, I would have liked to play through Twilight Princess again because I've never played through I played it when I got my Wii. And I've never played it since. Just with a regular controller. Because I feel like the game has some really solid parts. Yeah. And I just want to relive those parts. And I can't. I remember. (laughs) With my hands. (laughs) I remember I bought um, Twilight Princess on the Wii in 2015. Because I had never played Twilight Princess. Really? Yeah. So I bought it early 2015. Or late 2014. I don't remember. But I remember literally the week after I bought it for the Wii. It was announced for the Wii U. Remastered for the Wii U. Like, Are you kidding me? And I bought it for the Wii U. Yeah, you did. As you should. Yeah. The fog's not as cool, but other than that, it's just a better version right. of the game. It's like, um, because I I remember because the first time I played Twilight Princess, I was shaking the Wii mode, and then the second time, it did feel weird switching from shaking the Wii mode to just t- tapping a button. And it was just funny because I don't think I've ever gotten through a Zelda game faster because I literally like just beaten <laughs> the Wii version, Twilight Princess, when the Wii U version came out. Yeah, and also I don't know. I just there are characters that I like a lot in that game. Yeah, you know I feel like Zant is just Zant's, Zant's awesome. Zant is a wonderful character. I just wish he was better in Hyrule Warriors. He's not as good in Hyrule. Warriors. <laughs> I guess this is a Zelda conversation. That's our main topic this week. We're talking about Zelda ports. Yeah, I guess so, Matt. What do you think the chances of getting another top-down Zelda on the Switch will be? Very high. Very high, you think? Very, very high. Do you... Like, I, I was thinking about this... gonna t- happen high. Yeah. Well, um, here's my question to you, because I was actually thinking about this earlier today, because we were talking about... Uh, we were talking about this last week a little bit, about a Zelda game coming to Switch this year. Do you think that Four Swords Adventures or, like, that kind of game will get ported before they make a new top-down Zelda kind of game? You or do a, you... A multiplayer Zelda getting ported? Yeah. Not anytime soon. You don't think so? I don't think so. Okay. I think if they're going to go the port route, it's going to be either A Link Between Worlds or Skyward Sword this year. Yeah. And I honestly think, because we're getting a Zelda game every year. They've said that before. I think this year, either one of those two is going to be our Zelda game this year, or a new top-down Zelda. I would love a new top-down Zelda. I would, I would love a new top-down I, Zelda. I, Link, Link Between Worlds, despite me playing it, like, a, a fair amount of time ago, I think, like, what, two or three years ago? I borrowed your copy. Yeah. Is a game less that, than that. I would, yeah, well, I don't I think know. it was two summers ago. No, because I was playing it in the wintertime, because I was an intern at my oh. job, remember? Because I remember I'd come home at, like, 10.30 at night and oh, be yeah, like, Oh, that was a long I'm time I'm going to play Link Between Worlds, I have no time mm-hmm. for myself, but I can sit here in this bed and fall asleep playing my yeah. little DS. It was a really good game. Maybe because it was the only joy I was having at one point in my no, life. No, it is a really good game. Yeah. Although, I'd like, because of that, I almost don't want it ported because I want another game from the guys who made this. Right. Oh, I would not be upset because I haven't played that game since it came out. Really? Yeah, I have just never gotten around to replaying that game. I wouldn't be upset if that game came out again with extra content in it. I that would be, be really cool, cool, too. But, I mean, if I had to choose a port, I would go with Skyward Sword, obviously. Okay. You really wouldn't do uh, Link's, uh, Link's Awakening 2, Ravio's uh, Fantastic Purple Adventure? <laughs> I would love... <laughs> I love how you, like, took that and didn't just... <laughs> <laughs> I would love 
a remake of Link's Awakening. Yeah. Because I Link's Awakening is probably my favorite top-down Zelda. Yeah. Just because it's so different. Well, I mean, honestly, the only reason Link Between Worlds wins for me is that it's the only one I've completed. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Triforce but... Heroes is a close second. <laughs> we never finished that game. I know, because we all, it's also the one I've gotten closest to finishing. <laughs> no, I, I do, I really like um, Link's Awakening. Um, but, I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. I, I would really like to see that game again. Yeah. If they were to port that game, but well, I mean, we have something coming up. This is actually one bit of news that we didn't talk about because I think it was the day after we recorded this happened. Nintendo execs were talking to somebody in an interview and said there is at least one new unannounced game coming this year that our fans don't know about. I don't think it's going to be a Zelda game, though. You don't think so? Well, well they you... say new as in not a port. Yes, I think there's definitely going to be a Zelda game this year, but it's either going to be a port or a smaller scale Zelda game. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm just excited to see what that game I, yeah. bring back. The F Zero. It's not F Zero. It's not going to be F Zero. They're going to get. They're probably going to get Mario Kart Eight Deluxe DLC this year. <laughs> We're not getting F Zero ever again. Um, and I just have to accept that. <laughs> yeah, it could be Pikmin. It could be Pikmin if it's Pikmin. Pikmin I swear, I if it's Pikmin. I think Pikmin's likely. Pikmin. Give me the Pikmin trilogy. No. Really? No. Why not? I don't know. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I'd pick happened. Pikmin 4 over the trilogy any day. Right. But Pikmin 3 is also the only one I've never played. I even played Hey Pikmin. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know what else it could be. I mean, there's plenty of other things it could be. I mean, we don't have our Kirby game for this year yet. There's always a Kirby game. Is there? Really, there is. There's always a Kirby game. Yeah. Give me... Oh, gosh. Give what? me Kirby Air Ride 2. <laughs> I just... I want a 3D Kirby so bad. Well, I mean... Kirby Air Ride is the first 3D Kirby game. Shut up. It's it, it's not a lie. That's not what I mean. If I get off the Air Ride machine in City Trial, I am a Kirby. I, want, I can move in three dimensions. I want a Super Mario 3D World style Kirby game. Okay. Okay, I can understand that. <laughs> Sorry, I could just I can't stop thinking of just like the beginning of Mario 3D World with like a Kirby in the back with like kitty ears on. <laughs> Man, I would go bananas if they announced a new Kid Icarus game. Now, Sakurai, but Sakurai's the only one who makes those games. I know, and he said he's not... Well, no, he never said he wasn't open to making another Kid Icarus game. He said it would be very difficult to port Uprising to the Switch. Oh, I was going to actually ask you, is it... I mean, you've played Uprising. Would it would it be hard to port it? Um. Well, from a gameplay, like, from the game itself, I think it'd be a great idea to port it. But Sakurai was basically saying, like, the way the game is made, it would be very difficult to get it on switch so it'd just be like restarting and making the game right again. it would just be really hard yeah then hmm, probably not worth it yeah it's, i mean that's probably not gonna happen that's it's like sakurai said it's probably not gonna happen yeah well he's too busy making dlc characters right. that's okay i mean he's not he's not doing anything for a little while now yeah but um um do you have anything else oh, want to talk about? oh what what brave shield oh yeah wait hold on we actually do have something to talk about um so there was a tweet earlier this week from someone who works on Super Smash Brothers, and they tweeted a picture of the one of the Dragon Quest shields. It's like a, a yellow golden bird with a, a red jewel in the middle and a blue shield. Yeah. And a Kirby figure next to it. And his description of the picture, his his, comment, his post was his post says the Braves shield. Anyone who knows. Smash knows that the next or, DLC right. character has has his code name revealed, and it's Brave. Well, actually, with update 2.0, when Prime Plant was put in, any reference to Brave was taken out. Interesting. And then this picture comes out. Okay. But, meanwhile, before it was taken out, yes. someone else on Twitter, some random person on Twitter, I can't remember your name, um, took all of the stats that were inside of the Brave files, which are just like... The run speed, the jump height. The weight. The weight. Stuff like that. And they put it on Ike to test it out, and they ran around as Ike in it. And the person said, this plays very lightly. I really don't think it's Erdrick. And the, I, the guy who posted it said, if I were to make a shot in the dark, I would say Sora. Really? It's what the guy who posted it said. Wow. I don't I don't believe it. I'm, I don't either. I've but... fallen off the train, but I just <laughs> I thought it was funny that he said that and I was like, "Wow." 
But, um... Well, actually, then, Matt, Matt, is the Kingdom Hearts 3 ending that he ends on outside of Nintendo yeah, HQ? The, the ending is Sora with... Um, you know, have you seen the ending for Kingdom Hearts 2? Where he gets the message in a bottle and it's got the Mickey symbol on it? <laughs> it's got it's the that, but it's got the Smash logo. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, please. Um, but anyway, then this Instagram post comes after that. Yeah. And there, like, there's two things that could be happening here. Either this guy is dumb enough to be like, hey, it's Erdrick. Because it is Erdrick's shield. Yeah. Um, or he's just, he's just like, thinking it's funny. And he's yeah. like, the brave shield. The, the, the funny because, thing is, is it could, it could easily go both ways. Yeah, exactly. The other thing is, like, Erdrick's name in Japan translates to brave. Yeah. You know, that's how this whole rumor started. Exactly. And just, I mean, the other thing is, like, the code name brave the only thing people could think of was Bravely Default, which is another Square Enix game. Probably. And it also has a bunch of little floaty people in it. So I am more in the camp of them, but I'm not I'm not optimistic. Like I said to Matt, when he sent me all this stuff, I was like, what are you talking about? But then I saw like Ike running around and I saw the shield and I'm I'm in the I think they're trolling us camp. Yeah, I think so too. And if they were to announce any of the characters who aren't Tiz who is the main character of Bravely Default, the first one, I will lose my mind. Because every other character in this game is a great character. Tiz is alright. He's yeah. in the sequel. And he has two different versions of himself, so that could be like the two. But I really hope they'd pick literally any other character. There's like, you know, Agnes, who's the girl who's like the priest who's trying to save the world and activate the crystals. There's Idea, the daughter of the bad guy who like joins her team and is like a very it girl, and Ringabell, the saucy, big-haired, sexy man who doesn't know his past, but he carries a book with a diary that carries his past, but somehow also his future, and his name is Ringabell because he can't remember who his name is, so he's like just this Ringabell, and it's the he is my favorite character, and as far as I got into Bradley's second, I don't know if he's actually in the game. That's so, ridiculous. He's, I love him. <laughs> I just need to get... Okay, get the hype out. The hype is over. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a Bradley character. I don't think so either. <laughs> I think that is the least likely outcome of the situation. Uh, mm, I still think Sora is less now, likely. I think it would be hysterical if this wasn't the Square Enix rep. <laughs> I would laugh so hard. It's just, it's Banjo-Kazooie. We're just like, messing with okay. you. <laughs> what if, what if this thing, the Brave Shield, and there's the Kirby in there? Like, what if that's to hint that the character is actually a Kirby character? That would be terrible. That would be, I would, that would be so amazing. It would be great. That would be incredible. Or are they just, like, in the pack for the DLC fighter? They're just like... Someone someone downloads the Persona 5 Joker DLC fighter and they're like, oh wait, that's really weird. There's a new item in the menu and it's Edric's shield. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be like a new item. Oh my god. That's it. That's so all it funny. is. It's just the shield. It'd be so funny. I really hope it's that. Uh, but like now the question is, are they going to announce the new character before or after Joker comes out? I think before Joker comes out, but we'll already know when Joker is yeah, going to go live. They will be announced in the yeah. same direction. I feel like the Direct will come out and we'll see Joker footage finally, and either in that exact same Direct, or maybe, like, a few weeks later, like, maybe, you know, right after Joker comes out, they'll announce the date for the new character, or show us footage for the new character, right. and they'll just kind of keep us strung along like that. It'll be great. I'm really excited for these characters. Mm -hmm. I don't know who else they're going to put in. I mean, we've talked about this I, before. Like, I hope that that leak of all the characters isn't true. I feel like it's Just, not true. I yeah, I also feel like it's not true now, especially now that we've gotten the time away from it. I do think Steve is probably going to be in the game. Uh, that if, or if, Minecraft will be represented in some way. In some way, it has to be. It has to be, yeah. Especially because Microsoft and Nintendo are like buddies now. Yeah, exactly. They're like, <laughs> well, PS4 mean buddy. If they're not Sony. <laughs> Um, it's not because it's not because they're all nice. It's just Sony's kind of a jerk. <laughs> yeah, Sony's just being a jerk right now. Um, but I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that's all I have for this week. I don't know yeah. about you, but I think uh, I'm good. I think this would be a great way to end it off. Cool. Mike, when do you think the next direct is going to be? I think the next direct will be definitely before the end of this month. I think it will be the week of February thirteenth, which is the week the new NES games come out. Right. Because I was looking at the calendar, like. There's only three Thursdays left in February. Yep. So, and I think, um, I honestly, like, you know, 
I wouldn't be terribly. I mean, I'd be sad, but I wouldn't be terribly surprised if the direct isn't until March. I would be surprised only because I feel like we have to get one at E3, right? Which is July, June, June. Oh, sorry, it's June, right? And I feel like while we could go three months before a direct in 2019 i feel like waiting another three months would just be odd because we know we're gonna get at least more smash news well that's the way it usually happens we usually get a direct in march and then is it really well we always get direct in well, march. i'm sorry we got the mini direct in january we got spoiled last year yeah i, I don't know i'd hope no like... we usually get a, a january and a march yeah so maybe we're doing february april huh huh, huh? cool but i mean then also usually don't we get a smaller direct in between the march direct and e3 Something small. I mean, last time, two years ago, we had the Arms Direct. The year after that, we had. I think we had something. We had the Dracalia Lost Direct. Yeah. No, but that, that was that was that wasn't at that point. But those kinds of directs were in, right. in intermittent between. I just think it's also weird because we didn't get an American version of the indie spotlights that we got a few weeks ago. Yeah. And usually, we, like last time, we got one of those. We got another one in America a week later with like two or three new games in it so i was like oh maybe they're waiting for something yeah yeah who knows i'm excited that's just it's we're getting close to that exciting time like something's coming like i mean like something it's like literally only a matter of time yeah by the end of march we will have the direct yeah like that is safe to say. and we need release dates okay daymax machina has to come out eventually man yeah and fire emblem and yeah, animal daymax crossing sarah asks me date. she'll i'll come home and she'll be like we'll watch tv mike i'm like yeah what's up why don't we have Animal Crossing on the Switch yet? Wait, like, you say the same thing every week. Because I, I hear it every week, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's your fun fact? My fun fact is we that We didn't do sh- fun facts last week. We didn't? I oh, we just did. straight up forgot. Oh, because I was angry at you when I finished the episode. Yeah, that's right. All right, what's your fun My fact? My fun fact this week is that you should always, always watch where you're stepping. On Sunday, Matthew, I was here in this house, oh, and I was on my phone, and me and Sarah were going out. And I was looking at my phone, texting our friend, and I slipped and fell down my entire flight of stairs. Oh my god! I'm finally healed. Holy hell! My arm was ripped up. My other arm was bruised. I have a black and blue mark about this big across my ass. Jesus! Because every step I hit on the way down. You didn't even say anything. Because I didn't want to tell you beforehand. This is the live reaction. <laughs> I told Tim, "Don't tell him I fell down a flight of stairs. I want to tell him that on oh the podcast." Oh my god! Yeah, I was in. A lot of pain. I'm glad you're okay. Yeah. Jesus. Well, I, look, I, we went to a Super Bowl party and my great aunt was there and she's a nurse. So I was like, can you just check me out make sure I'm okay? Because I fell out a flight of stairs two hours ago. She's like, check my arms. You'll be fine. But yeah, I'm, I'm in a lot of pain. And sitting down at my desk at work was like, oh, I hit my butt. <laughs> because I could feel it the second I sat down. Nice. Yeah. So that's my fun fact. Make sure you watch where you're stepping. And, you know, when it snows, wipe down your steps. I don't know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> what about you? All right. Well, I, I technically had one for this week, but I think my one for last week is better, and I didn't get to talk about it. So, Go ahead. Uh, don't trust Square Enix, kids. <laughs> oh, is this about your special edition? Because... Did something happened? Yeah, well, something happened, all right. So, once upon a time, back in June, I had pre-ordered the special edition of Kingdom Hearts 3. Yes. big edition with the, with the... It comes with the deluxe edition, plus three figures of Sora, Donald, and Goofy in their Kingdom Hearts Toy Story Toy Story versions, which you can't get anywhere else. So I got that, and it told me that it would, um, it had expected shipping of 10 days after release. Okay. And I was like, I don't want to wait that long, so I got another copy of the game. I got it through Amazon, because Amazon was offering a Keyblade. Is that Keyblade good, by the way? I honestly haven't even opened the Amazon package yet. (laughs) To be honest with you. Um, and then I found out that GameStop was doing a Monday release so I could get the game a couple hours early on Monday. And so I was like, well, I guess I got to get a third copy of the game. <laughs> so then I did that. And lo and behold, Tuesday, January 29th, when the game is supposed to come out, you know what's at my doorstep? The Square Enix Special Edition. <laughs> so I did not have to do anything that I did. I would have gotten the game on release. So Matt, just just for everybody at home doing the math. So you bought the regular version from GameStop, $60. You got the version from Amazon. Was that just $60 or was that extra? So that's 120 60. Now the special edition with Toy Story action figures, how much was that? Was it 300 250 What, what are we looking at? 240 
$240. So what you're telling me is you spent $360 to ensure that you got everything you could from Kingdom Hearts when what you would have gotten showed up at your doorstep the day it was supposed to come out. Yep. I love you, You know, the second reason that I got, I originally wanted to get two copies of the game is because... The Steelbook, right? Of the Steelbook. But you know what I found out? (laughs) What? It comes with the Steelbook and a regular case. (laughs) So there was no reason for me to spend the extra money. Oh, my God. Like, at all. I was like, all right. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Thanks, Square. This was definitely better than whatever fun fact you had lined up. (laughs) And it's like, it's like, at the end of the day... Square Enix really did pull through. They did. You just you I didn't, just didn't trust, trust Square. You should have a bigger um you should yeah. have a bigger heart. Shut up. <laughs> Ciao. Ciao. I'm done. No, 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 no. We have to we have to tell everybody where they can find oh, us. Oh yeah. Send right. hate mail and uh, not Kingdom Hearts 3 spoilers anymore to Matt at pinkoldpeeps@gmail.com. Kingdom Hearts 3 grievances. Kingdom Hearts 3 grievances that works. Uh you can follow us at pinkoldpeeps on Twitter. You can follow us on SoundCloud and iTunes, Pinkled Peeps. Uh, Rick's record did our opening. Rob does our editing. And let us know if you uh, think of anything cool you want us to talk about. Because until that direct comes up and we have more things to talk about, we're a little low on uh, on stuff to talk about recently. So uh, have a good night, everybody. Matt, can I have the microphone back? Hey, Rob. I just want to take this time to apologize for any thing that you might consider a spoiler in this episode for Kingdom Hearts 3 while you're editing it. I love you. Man, I'm not supposed to have the mic that close to your face. Good night. Ciao.